uh, as he was uh, awarded the uh, Absolute Premiership Coach of the Month Award. We'll also hear from Manib Josephs. He was uh, voted as Player of the Month. We'll also uh, chat a little bit of National First Division football. The playoffs uh, for the PSL got underway today, and it was an exciting first clash between Baroque FC and Stellenbosch FC. It ended in a two-all deadlock, but Stellenbosch coming from a goal down twice to draw at home. And we'll chat to Brian Moffat-King a little bit more about that. In the under-20 World Cup in South Korea, the last 16 clash between Zambia and Germany was uh, a nervy affair for the Africans. Zambia let a 3-1 lead slip at the end of regulation time. It ended 3-0. They did, however, score in extra time to advance to the final eight. Uruguay down Saudi Arabia by one goal to nil, and England were 2-1 winners over Costa Rica. The Junior Springboks got their under-20 World Championship campaign underway this afternoon with a 23-all draw against France. In other results this afternoon, England hammered Samoa 74-17. New Zealand beat Scotland by 42 points to 20. And Ireland down, or Italy rather, downed Ireland by 22 points to 21. On to cricket, and despite not completing a warm-up match due to poor weather in England, the SAA skipper Kaya Zondo feels his team is ready to take on England's, uh, the England Lions rather, in Nottingham in their first ODI tomorrow. Zondo says the preparation has not been ideal. Um, it would have been nice to see everyone get a chance to get a, get a chance to execute their discipline. Um, the bowlers haven't really, they haven't actually bowled in the game yet. Both times we've batted first. Um, but when we have batted first, there's always been a positive with the guys, guess, um, some guys getting runs. Across the channel, day four of this year's French Open. It's been an enthralling day. Chris Bowers is, uh, is there and filed this report. Perfect conditions for playing tennis have brought out some high-quality tennis, notably from Rafael Nadal, who's beaten Robin Haza in the last hour in straight sets. Nadal looking particularly impressive and very much back to the form he showed in the early rounds in the nine years when he ended up as the champion here. But Novak Djokovic also looked good in beating Joao Souza, and in 20 minutes less than it took him to win his first-round match, so his trajectory is genuinely upwards. A Dominic team continued his good season with a straight sets win over Simone Bolelli. By contrast, the women's defending champion, Gabi, Muguruza struggled to overcome the spirited challenge of the Estonian Annette Kontavite. Kontavite led by a set in 3-1, but Muguruza's defending qualities were particularly good today, and she came through as much on force of character as on better tennis. There's still a lot to be played in the rest of the day. They played until 10-10 to 10 last night, and it didn't help France's top male player, Joe Wilfried Songer, who lost his first-round match to Renzo Olivo. And we've just had the order of play for tomorrow, which sees South Africa's Kevin Anderson take on the mercurial Nick Kyrgios in the early afternoon. Raven Klassen also plays his men's double second-round match about the same time. Chris Bowers for SAFM Sport, Paris. In athletics news, the International Athletics Federations rejected 28 but approved only three bids from Russian athletes wishing to compete as neutrals in upcoming international athletics meetings. In golf news, European Ryder Cup captain Thomas Bjorn is named Robert Carlson as his first vice-captain for the 2018 edition against the U.S. It takes place in France. And finally, in motorsport news, Brad Binder will return to action at this weekend's Italian Grand Prix after having missed the last three Moto2 races due to a left arm injury. Meanwhile, Valentino Rossi may not race this weekend due to a chest and abdominal injury that he suffered in a motocross accident last week. Coming up next, we chat some football. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game.
Well, we start with football here on SAFM Sports Wrap this evening, and the PSL promotion relegation playoffs uh, got underway today at the Athlone Stadium, and I said it on PM Live this afternoon, if the first match is anything to go by, uh, these playoffs are going to be phenomenal. Stellenbosch and Baraka locking horns today, and what a game of football it was. Brian Moffat-King was there. Brian, in the end, it uh, ended 2-all, but uh, both teams were, were phenomenal today. They, they went at each other. Hammer and Tong was a great game. Of, game of football. It was indeed, Brett. I mean, it was one of those days where you sat down and realized as to why Morocco FC ended up sitting second as far as the lock is concerned. Because it was appalling defending from them. They went one the lap and uh, immediately after that, and Bosch equalized and in the second half as well. After having gone 2 1 up with a brilliant goal as well, a set piece taken by uh, one of uh, the uh, new players for Morocco FC. And they considered the second goal. Could have been won by all of the side because eventually right at the death, the goalkeepers had to deliver the goods. Yeah, Brian, you mentioned uh, Barocca's defence. Like you say, in the league, they've been abysmal. And I think they'll be bitterly disappointed because they let Stellenbosch come back twice. Uh, and, and it was almost just lapses of concentration, particularly just before the first half. They, they went up and then it, uh, let Stellenbosch back in before the break and exactly the same thing happened in the second half. Uh, you know, we, before the game kicked off, so I spoke to the coach of Morocco, and they said the fact that they never left Cape Town, they stayed here in Cape Town after playing Ajax Cape Town on, on Saturday, which also meant they qualify for the playoffs. You know, they've been training at the income at Ajax Cape Town's home, so they are acclimatized, they are ready for this game, and the fact that they've just played just four days ago will be better prepared than Stellenbosch FC. It was not to be on a day, because they just kept on going at Stellenbosch FC, but they never found the opening to try and find the back of the net. And especially when you're playing against a team that is a towering inferno, like Mamini Young, you need to close him down and cut the supply towards him, because that's where the goals came from. The first goal was a knockdown for Mamini Young, easy to score them a rule. The second goal as well was a set-piece played in. Uh, David Boysen and Mark here, they just jumped over and headed the ball into the back of the net. So if they want to come back to the premiership, you know, they really need to work on the defense for because Black Leopards will not be an easy team to beat. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a draw first up, as much as, as Barocca will be, will be disappointed they didn't win it, I think they'll probably be relieved they didn't lose it because the last thing you want to do is lose your opening match, go away with it with no points because then the pressure's really on. I mean, if you look at the history of the playoffs in particular, you try and get a point away from home, and then you try and win your two home matches, there'll be seven points already. Then you can start and probably try and fight for a victory or a draw, given the, 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 given the lock after your first three matches. So a draw away from home for Barogat is very good result, given the fact that Stellenbosch will next play on Saturday against Black Leopards. And Schuster and Bosch not get maximum points there. Advantage goes back to Barocca. Mm, absolutely. You mentioned them playing Black Leopards uh, and, and the way Barocca stayed in Cape Town. Stellenbosch now head to, to Toyando, so it, it's, a, it's a fairly quick turnaround. Uh, 3rd of June, they, they don't have a, a long time between these matches, and, and they've got to travel. So uh, it's Black Leopards, as you rightly say as well, they're, they're not going to be a walkover. It, it, it is going to be very tricky, but I mean, if you look at the history between Black Leopards and Stellenbosch, you'll realize that things are looking very tight between the two sides, so anything is possible. But when you go and play Black Leopards, half past three in the afternoon, or three o'clock in the afternoon, in Toyondo, coming from the Western Cape, I really feel for a team that has to travel all the distance to go and play Black Leopards, because then they have to, then they rest for something like, what, four days, or uh, is it, what, six days or so, then they play Barocca in their second game. So, it is, for me, I feel, I think the team is going to find it more tougher to try and break in this playoffs 
would be Stellenbosch because they'll be traveling into Limpopo where the other two teams are based in Limpopo. They're used to the heat. They're used to playing above sea level. So it's going to be very tricky to see how Stellenbosch is able to acclimatize and work in those matches. But the good news for them, though, is the fact that Manti Mikwa was not available today because he was suspended in the last game. He's back for them this coming Saturday. He's an experienced campaigner in Bethlehem of Pirates. He's a world-level player. So they might just be good enough to take on Black Leopards come this Saturday because they will have some impetus going forward as well to try and get the goals. You talk about returning personnel, and I know the Black Leopards coach uh, was also saying, I think he was saying it yesterday, that they've got some injury concerns in their squad too, and, and that's obviously a, a big worry heading into the weekend. It, 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 the playoffs are always very tricky because you'd have played 30 matches in a season. If you, if you talk about cup ties, also you'd have played, maybe depending how long you go, how far you go in an advent cup, for example, you might end up playing obviously something like 34, 35 matches in a season. And if you look at the travels in South Africa, it's just something else. If you're based in, 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 in Toyondo and you're playing matches in Cape Town, in KZN and all of that, it means your travels are literally two days when you're traveling to go and play one game. So that's your first problem. The second problem comes in now, when you have now to have players who are moving from a very hot place to go and play in some very cold uh, places below sea level and so forth. So you always find yourself having to work even harder. Then comes in the little niggling injuries because then you're having matches coming one after the other, very close enough. They've had a break for two weeks and a bit. Now those players have to now immediately come and play on Saturday. Have they prepared enough for that match because sometimes you don't play regular game that might just also cause your problems going into the end. Let us finish very well. Can they pick up on the left side? That is a big question. Yeah, you mentioned how, how they finished off the season. They did have a, a great season in the NFB and uh, they're hungry and, and in these sort of playoffs often it is the hunger that, that gets teams either to stay up or go up. Uh, who, who do you think out of those three teams is, is the hungriest to play top five football next season? I think if you look at the, the amount of time Black Leopards are playing in the playoffs, they, 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 could be, they should be the, the hungrier team among three that are in the playoffs at the moment, given the fact that if you look at the history of Black Leopards in particular, they've been here before, they've lost in a playoff at least four times before winning the first time, and then they lost twice again before. Now they may, maybe they're hoping that if everything goes back to where things have gone, they might find themselves winning this time around. And also, if you look at the history of the playoffs in particular, the team that comes back from the premiership, the one that finishes 15th, only three times in the previous 12 years have we seen a team return directly to the premiership via the playoffs. It was, I mean, Amazon who did it, Black Aces did it, and then Pulukwane City did it most recently. What they have in common is that every time those teams have come back into the premier division, there's been that leopard thing in between, where Cosmos came through via leopards, Pulukwane City came through via leopards, Black Aces came through via Leopard. So there's all, and even the same Stellenbosch FC, when they still called Vasco da Gama, they came into the premiership via Black Leopard. So it always goes back to say, those teams who have played 30 matches in the National First Division, they are always hungrier to get into the premier division. The one that's in the premier division always sits down and say, I don't want to lose the eliteness of being in the premier division. Because not only do you stay and play and get the grant that is huge grant, there's also two guaranteed cup plays to play in. It was in the Premier Division. Yeah, lots at stake. Uh, Brian Wolf King, thank you very much for that. The next game taking place on the third, Black Leopards up against Stellenbosch, and we'll keep you updated here on SAFM. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource.
You're listening to SAFM and lots of cricket to look forward to over the next few weeks. The South African A-side are in England, along with the Proteas. Uh, the SAA side get there to uh, officially underway with the first of the one-day internationals against the England Lions. But uh, the Proteas get their ICC Champions Trophy campaign underway on Saturday when they take on Sri Lanka. It's a trophy that South Africa have won once before, and Pat Simcox was part of that team. The former spin bowler says there's no reason why the current South African team can't break their losing run in big events when they compete in this tournament. Proteas are currently ranked as the number one team in ODI international cricket and will be one of the favourites to win the title. But Simcox says they definitely have enough quality players in the side to do it. Well, let's start with England. I was disappointed that we didn't end up winning the series. Uh, and, and I think they're good enough to have done that. Um, although, you know, in England it's not easy. And in May, when we're not playing a lot of cricket domestically, and you're not in the groove of it, it's always been tough to go to England and play in anybody's side. Australia battled over the years. South Africa, the first couple of games, you really do battle. So I'm going to give them that. Although I think they were there long enough and they did prepare. And today a lot of them have played in England. So that should be should be no reason. But I'll give them that. Um, they lost that the, the, the critical game. I just sensed they were a little bit overconfident there. They didn't button it down when they looked again at, and, and it got away from them. So uh, that was naughty of them. Going into the Champions Trophy, I think they're a good side. And I think they cover most of the bases. They've just got to get self-belief and momentum now. And I think that they, there's no reason why they can't win this tournament. There's absolutely no reason. But it's going to take a good start in the tournament. The first game, beat Sri Lanka well, start, keep the same side. You know, make sure you, each person knows their role. And I think David Miller is critical in that space there now because he's our, call it the Michael Bevan of yesteryear, where he needs to finish games and win them for us. And he let himself down a little bit the other night. I think he, he's good enough to have won that game for us. He's got to take on that role. So he's critical. Um, A.B. De Villiers' form is critical. We know Hash has got critical, is, is good. And our bowlers, I think, are good enough. So there's no reason why we can't win it. The Proteas have earned a reputation of not being able to perform at big events. The sides have never managed to win a World Cup and only managed to win the Champions Trophy once. Simcox says it's astounding to think that with uh, all the quality players in the Proteas team, past and present, the side hasn't managed to add another trophy to their cabinet. It's actually unbelievable when you really look at it, you know, that, because for me, there have been so many good sides that have come since then, since 98. I mean, you look at the players that we've got today, they just... Amazing players, you know, Asher Mumler, Dale Stein has been part of it, you know, A.B. de Villiers, Faf de Pussy, uh, you know, there have been so many really good players. And then back to 2000s, you know, when the Sean Pollock, Lance Kuzner era, Jock Callis, Mark Boucher, uh, so many great players and such good teams along the way that, that they've have not been able to pull a win in an ICC tournament. This has been astounding, really, actually. Um, um, you know, and I guess we all wonder how come, why, what is the missing ingredient? So let's hope they can pull something out the Champions Trophy pack. Simcox was part of a golden era in South African cricket. Hansi Cronier was leading the team well with the likes of Jacques Callis and Mark Boucher coming through the ranks and the team had created a winning culture. Simcox says that might be something missing from this current team. No, I don't think so. You know, I don't think people worry about that. that if you're playing in the side, you never really worry about that. I just somehow think, you know, if you analyse it properly, it's got nothing to do with whether you can bowl or bat, uh, because they can do that well. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that 
we've got some amazing cricketers in that Champions Trophy side right now. I mean, wonderful players. So really got nothing to do with whether they can bat and bowl well. They can do that well. It's just a question of that side having a, a culture that um, is a culture of excellence in winning. And I, and I can't put my finger on or explain it to you, but I just recall there was a period in the 90s, and I was blessed to be part of that team, where kind of winning was part of our life. It was we, we won a lot, a lot of games in a row. You kind of expected to win. You, you played as if you expected to win. And often other teams that played against us kind of knew we'd probably win. Yeah, I, I just can't explain that to you, but it's momentum within the team. And there was a period, I think, that Graham Smith's test team was very similar. You know, it, it really had a culture that was so deep-rooted that they believed nothing was not achievable and you could recover from any situation and you had all the bases covered um, no matter where you played and who you played against. And, and that's a self-belief. And that's really got nothing to do with how well you can bowl or how well you can bat. Because that's if you wake any one of those batters up in the middle of the night, throw them a half volley, they'll hit it for four. And that's just, that's, that they do well. But there's, the missing ingredient is that culture, that winning self-belief that is deep-rooted, really deep-rooted. And, you know, we're in an era now where we change teams dramatically, often. And I'm of the opinion that you can't create that culture if you're continuously changing players and, 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 and move, making, move, making things move around. You've got to keep players in the same positions. They start to know exactly what they need to do. Each person knows their job well, and they do it well. And if somebody has a bad day, somebody covers for that. Whereas nowadays it seems very fluid. And I'm, I'm of the opinion that that is impacting on the way we, we're performing at times. In the 1998 edition of the ICC Champions Trophy, the Proteus squared off against the West Indies in the final, and to the surprise of the Windies, Simcox opened the bowling with his off-spinners. Simcox didn't pick up a wicket, but was by far the most economical bowler on the day. The now 57-year-old says he will always remember that match and the feeling of winning that cup. Obviously, it sticks in my mind because it's one of the few games I opened the bowling uh, for South Africa. And believe it or not, if you look at that score, I looked at the scorecard the other day, and I remember us going onto the field, and the, it looked like it would spin, and, and Hansi being captain, he was quite innovative, and he suddenly said, listen, what about you opening the bowling? And I asked, yeah, okay. And I, I, I remember it was because there was a left-hander involved, and we actually stood there, and I, Alan Donald and, and Alan Dawson were the opening bowlers, and um, they stood around, we stood around, and all of a sudden I took the ball, took my cap off and started to, and, and it was the last thing that the West Indies expected really, and uh, I came on to bowl. Um, and so I, that sticks in my mind, but I, I remember being, it was in Dakar in Bangladesh, and it was very foreign to us, uh, Bangladesh at that time, and it was a tough place to go and play. So I remember it being very hot and humid, and uh, I remember it was a very good side that we put out that day, and was strong and we had our we had our stuff together and it was a pleasure to you know to, to actually play in that side and, and wonderful to win it. The tournament officially gets underway tomorrow and hosts England's take on Bangladesh. We craft music and characters, figuring out plots and playlists, doing what we were born to do. And we have you to thank for that. Because when you pay your TV license, you enable us to bring you content across sports, news, education, music and entertainment in your preferred language. 
We're able to do this because you do your part. SABC TV licenses. Hashtag made possible by you. Calling all the courageous hashtag characters. Fridays at 7 p.m. Who aren't afraid to be tested through comedy. Those who have a game plan. Thursdays at 11 a.m. And want to sharpen their entrepreneurship knowledge. Who want to be challenged on perspective and see the world from another point of view. RSVP, Dare to Change. Fridays at 8.30 p.m. And those who need the motivation to always be the best versions of themselves. Tune into It's Gospel Time. Sundays at 9 p.m. For game-changing family entertainment during May and June. Choose SABC2. You're tuned to SAFM 104 to 107. You can also catch us on the DSTV audio bouquet on channel 814 as well as online at safm.co.za. SAFM Sports Wrap. And uh, time to shift our focus to football now here on South Africa's news and information leader. Bidvest Vitz head coach Gavin Hunt says the team he assembled this season to help the Clever Boys win their maiden league title in 96 years wasn't the best team he's worked with. Accepting his Coach of the Month award for May as the club clinched the supremacy of title winning four out of six matches. Hunt remembered the Supersport United squad that won him three league titles in consecutive years as the best he put together. It's difficult to say. I mean, there's always emotions involved. But I think, if I'm really honest, I think my Supersport team was better. Mm-hmm. My second year Supersport team was the best team I've ever coached. That team freewheeled. That was the best. Brent Carlson's, I go through that whole team. Morgan's, uh, the Fours, Glenn Salmon, the Lembe, Clakes. Kandamaya. Kandamaya. Never gets the credit he deserves. Um, that was, <laughs> that team could play itself. It didn't need me. Well. <laughs> to the extent but uh, it was real quality there so if I'm really honest and it's always difficult to but that team was very very good I thought that team could have gone much further if it kept together but wasn't allowed to keep it together you know for various reasons so that's that football but this team we've had this year um, a lot of players who haven't won anything a lot of players who've got great desire uh, good work ethic because that's what it's about you know and um, good qualities certainly but that team came back then was very good Fitz veteran goalkeeper Manib Josephs became the first goal mind of the season to win the player of the month gong. He also says they weren't the best team this season, but they were the hardest working team. Yeah, we won the internet. I think it's what they call it a double this year. Yeah, that's what we did. I don't think we were the best team, so to say. I think we were the hardest working team um, throughout the season. Um, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you know we were the best team. <laughs> we were a bunch of hard, we grinded out results when it needed to be. We had a bunch of characters that that stood up when we needed them. Um, so I think that was the moment that uh, our team coming together and, and, and just showing that you can have as much individual stars as you want, you can have the best players in the world, but if you're not a strong collective unit, nothing is possible. And that's what we just showed this season that uh, we don't, coach will say it as well, we don't, didn't have the best players, but we had the, the hardest working bunch of players and that's what you need for a good team. So we weren't the best, we are just a hard working team. With Vitz winning the league title, it also meant that they've broken the strongholds that Mamelodi Sundowns and Kaiser Chiefs have equally had on the league with uh, two titles each in the last four seasons. This season's title went down to the penultimate week of the league program with the best, uh, with the least number of points. Hunt says this one was the most competitive seasons in the history of the PSL. 
very difficult. I mean, last season, there was no doubt. I mean, we lost, we came second by 14 points. So we came well second. And they were the best team. Sundowns were the best team by far. Um, best squad of players, I thought, you know, and still today. This year, the teams be much closer. I think the top five, I mean, we, you know, if you take, who's the top five? Sundowns, we got three points from. Cape Town City, we got one point from. So, you know, and then you look at Supersport, you know, with their squad of players. I mean, they should be certainly much closer, I would think, as well, next season. So, this points tell you, with Sundowns, I think they got 70-odd last year, which is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Could it be done again? Possibly, but I doubt it, because of the situation, everybody's so, so much closer. And obviously, with all the other things, you know, involved as well. But there's certainly four or five teams now, maybe five, that should be challenging again next season. I'm sure Chiefs will get better. I'm sure Sun Supersport will get better. Captain City, you know, they're going to go play now in Africa. Let's see now. So all these type of things, there's all factors which which reduces the tally at the top. It's about being consistent. And I think Manip said it, consistency is important for us. You know, what we do as a team and players. And yeah, I don't know if that point tally could ever be reached again. It's crazy last year. Joseph, who turned 37 this month, has been playing professional football in South Africa for 20 years now, having started back in 1997 with Cape Town Spurs. He played a total of 13 matches in all competitions this season as they won the double, the MTN8, and produced seven clean sheets. He's not ready to quit just yet. I swear I haven't thought about it yet because I've been feeling good, you know. Coach will say definitely at training because I'm one of the laziest guys at training, you know. <laughs> but I've, I haven't even thought about it yet. And as long as I just can keep doing, I think, what I'm doing for the team, helping the team and, and being a positive influence on the team and when needed, do the job for the team, I'll keep going. And if coach says we need this and it's time for you to hang it up, I think it will be time to hang up. But at the moment, I think I still have a little bit to offer. You know, I don't think about retirement yet. Um, I'm still enjoying the game, and as long as I have that passion burning inside me, I'll keep playing. You know? This is Joseph's third league title in the PSL. He's also remembered the team that won the second treble at Orlando Pirates in 2012 that included the great Benny McCarthy as the best league-winning team he's been part of. I think the year when we won it, the second year with the Lando Pirates, with, with when we had players like Benny McCarthy, just to play in a team like that, um, I think we were we were very dominant. Um, I think we were at, at the second year of winning the league that year was a lot easier for us. It felt a lot easier, but I don't know if it was because it was Benny McCarthy, you know. So that is why, yes, I'm looking forward to the next season as well because I'm sure it will be a, a lot better. And with a coach with, with a mindset of Gavin's, you know, we definitely going to be challenging. You can. You can be sure that he's not going to be resting on his laurels. He's going to be telling you this era. We're going to be challenging for the title next season. So I'm definitely looking forward to that next season. Meanwhile, Kaiser Chiefs midfielder Sipiwe Chalalala won the goal of the month for his lobbed goal against Supersports United during their two-all draw. It's a season that Chiefs wouldn't want to remember after failing to win silverware. And Chalalala agrees that to improve for next season, the club will have to do better in the transfer market. Yeah, I think obviously, you know... Um the club will do their own um, review and um, see who you know, they want to bring in the team that will um, help the team. I think it happens everywhere, you know, in every season. Clubs sit down and, and they plan for, for, for the next season and it's fair. And obviously on our side as well, we need to be professional about it. And yes, um, I think we, 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 we need to strengthen the team as well. We, we need competition in the team. It first it starts 
amongst ourselves, you know, competing, and then we, we compete against um, other teams as well. Definitely, I think, you know, uh, the team will, will have to strengthen for, for, for next season. Tavalala highlighted the lack of consistency as Chiefs' main problem this season. As he recalls some of the matches where they drop points in the dying moments of the game, the veteran midfielder admits they've failed as the team and they now have to go, uh, they have gone two full seasons without silverware, something that rarely happens at Amakosi. I think our main challenge um, in the previous season was um, consistency. We, we didn't have a great start and after three or four games, we, we started picking up. You know, and there were signs, started showing the signs of, of um, consistency. And there was a period, I think we, we went 15 games unbeaten. But um, once again, you know, after our defeat against uh, Supersport, um, net, the NetBank Cup, then that's when we dipped. You know, there, there were games where I felt we should have won it, but we, we just gave away points, you know, in, in the 90 plus minute. I think that's where we lost it most. But from the form perspective, I think we, we, we did improve uh, compared to the, to the previous season. But in terms of um, winning any silverware, once again, there's been um, you know, a challenge. And um, I think we are disappointed and we, we failed when it came to that. Meanwhile, talks between the league sponsors and the PSL are still continuing. That deal is set to conclude uh, before the 2017-18 season kicks off. And uh, Vitz coach uh, Gavin Hunt says it's important to have a sponsor like ABSA on board. Listen, in this day and age, we should thank our lucky stars <laughs> that ABSA might win. And go on our hands and knees. I pray every day. Please, ABSA. Uh, every man I meet the street, who do you bank with? I should bank with ABSA. I should be the sales of ABSA. <laughs> Because I was with it when it was, the prize money was 2.5 million, and when I changed over to 10 million, yes? Correct. Thank you very much. I was the first one, so I said, yeah, I prayed every day. But today, I don't care, just upset that we got a, this thing, we got a nurse, we got to look after it, we got to feed this as best we can, because we need them. Believe me, we need them. And, uh, you know, today's modern, who wants to sponsor football? So, thank you very much, Epsa. Thanks, coach. Stop up, no stop. Just <coughs> whatever it may give, please. Just stay with me. I don't know. I don't know. For me, the financial side, you know. But fantastic sponsorship. Really good. SAFM Sports Wrap. That's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. If you want to be in touch, uh, make sure you reach out via social media. You can search for us at SAFM Radio across the various platforms. You can also uh, touch base with me personally at Big Brad Brown is where you'll find me on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, the works. And alternatively, you can pop uh, the executive producer an email as well, sport at safm.co.za. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news this evening, it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. Lots to get through again tonight. Lots of great talking points uh, around the country today, and I'm sure Naledi will be touching on many of those this evening. So stay tuned. More sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. A wrap of all your Roland Garros results from the French Open. And don't forget, the 2017 ICC Champions Trophy gets underway tomorrow. From myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty, thank you for listening. Have a great evening. Right now it is 7 o'clock and time for your news.